You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to another episode of Can We Talk? This is your boy Eric. I'm here with Anthony and Shayna. It's been a long time. <laughs> oh, it's going for a minute. It had to be three weeks. It's good to see y'all. See I miss you. y'all. Yeah, I miss y'all too, man. I miss I miss talking with folks and you know yeah. having my opinion out there and there for everybody to see, you know, because I love attention. And it, it was so many. <laughs> Do you? No, not really. <laughs> and there was so many good movies out, you know, the past few weeks that we got to talk about, which we were very much. Um, but yeah, it's good to be back. Good to be in the studio with the familiar faces. Um, y'all, there's been a lot of crazy stuff that happened in terms of current events. <laughs> today like Trump tweeted yeah. today basically like go back to where you came from yeah. like I'm like what so first off <laughs> what I first want to talk about um, y'all hear about the guy Jeffrey Epstein yes so he had this whole little um, it's kind of hard to explain so he's basically taking these young girls these 13 14 years 14 year old girls and kind of like selling them off or like some type of weird like sex traffic, sex traffic system that he had Mm-hmm. Um, he's also friends with uh, the Clintons and Trump. So, mm-hmm. you know, people on, on both sides are like, oh, you know, y'all friends is, you know, you, you friends with this, this child molesters predator. And I think it was rumors that Trump actually probably did do something with one of the little girls. I'm sure he, well, my I'm thing sure he is, did. He ain't the Allegedly. only one. He ain't oh, the of course one. not. He, he, like, not even by far. These celebrities are crazy. Like these but rich people. I just think that it's, I like, I'm going to have a hotel moment. I just think that it's odd that, okay, I mean, we all know that R. Kelly is a pedophile. Right. But now all of a sudden, oh, we got fed charges now for all R. Right. Kelly. All, like, of a... all, like, all of a sudden. And then it was like, well, like people that used to work for him, they had the tapes. And yeah. now they have released the tapes. First of all, you need to go to jail. For real. Because you held on to those tapes for monetary gain and yeah. you weren't, like your main priority should be to protect children. Yeah. Like that should be, you know, all of our. That should be a priority of everybody's over money. Yeah. But I'm like, you should go to jail. That's a conspiracy because soon as the money dried up, now oh, I have these tapes. Mm-hmm. You can. Yeah. And then there was the one guy that like official, like um, I guess officiated. I don't know if that's the right term, but like mm-hmm. was kind of made the marriage license between him and Aaliyah legal. Right. Yeah. That guy should. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. He should be in jail too. Yeah, there's a lot of people who played a part in it, and they all should be punished. But with Jeffrey Epstein, this guy, I think he was convicted about a year or two ago. He only served like 13 months for his first eviction, uh, conviction. And if you hear some of the details of what he did, like this is gross. Like he's literally a pedophile. He was like had young girls giving him massages. He had like a whole separate little uh, massage studio or something that he brought the little girls to. This guy's nuts. And to, to be given 13 months previously, that's a slap on the wrist. Okay, so this this is a, this is just a sex trafficker that was found. Like, what what was his no, day he's job? No, so, he's a billionaire. He's a billionaire. Oh, like, he's not just right. some like he's not a pimp named Slipback. Right, like a billionaire. He's yeah. So he's really wealthy. He's like connected with everyone, celebrities, other billionaires, millionaires. And to let this, I think he's in the pockets of a lot of people. They say he's in the pockets of judges. But, I, but that. I mean, this is this is terrible. But if you mm. scratch any billionaire, you're gonna find some exploitation. Oh, for sure. That's just that's just deviant, though. What he was yeah. doing. 
I'm telling you, are they all a little psycho? I think I, you have, but I I read a book called um about psychopaths. Like, mm. yeah, you have to be. Yeah, you have to be anti society. You have to be anti people in order to exploit people on their level to gain that amount of money yeah. or to gain any money. Yeah, because you're definitely um, taking advantage of someone. The in the process, wisdom right? of psychopaths. Mm. The name of the book just came: The Wisdom of Psychopaths. Yeah, yeah. And I then, mean, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I mean, you know, money is power. And, you know, unfortunately, most people who have the money, who have the power, don't yeah. use it to good use. You know what I mean? Not at all. Um, another note, uh, I think yesterday or a couple of days ago, the vice president took a tour of the facility in um, one of the, the southwestern states. I think it was Arizona or New Mexico. One of the border towns. And to see these people, like these are grown men, all like 300 of them all in cage, like this cage. Like, nowhere to sleep. They said, like, people haven't showered in days. It was gross. It's disgusting. And to think that these are, like, it's such a human rights travesty. And we're allowing this to take place in this country. It's supposed to be this free country. You know, um, everyone has an opportunity to succeed. But you're seeing that we're putting people in cages. Like, this looks like Nazi Germany. It's crazy. I don't know if y'all saw the pictures. But it's horrible. Yeah, so so Pence basically just was looking at these people. He's looking over them. Like he didn't want to make eye contact with them. Um, and he just was touring the facility. They was talking about how horrible it is. It's overcrowded. Um, and people were up in arms. Like, this is what we're doing to these people, regardless of you a citizen or not. It's just a human rights crime. And it's horrible. Look, I mean, prison is just. <sighs> but it shouldn't even be a prison. Like, they, they didn't break any laws. Like, these people are seeking asylum legally. Right, and they're put in cages. They're detained right now. Right, no, I know. I was, I was going to connect it to like, like the min, the military industrial complex in general. Mm-hmm. You know, like if your if your goal is to rehabilitate, mm-hmm. and you've got people in unfair conditions, then where's the rehabilitation? You know, there's not. You're kind of just putting them, like you're, you're treating them like a dog. Right, and I'm thinking, I think same you're gonna, thing with this. And you're just going to make people who are just more hostile towards the United States, towards you know, just because of the situation. Um, you know, it's breeding a lot of just contempt for our government. And it's sad. And, you know, Donald Trump, he doesn't care. You know, our elected officials don't care. Uh, but somebody like, I think if, if enough of us feel like this is this is wrong, we need to do something about it. We got to make our voices heard. Like, we got to do something. I mean, this is a domestic issue, and this is also a foreign issue. A lot of yeah. these people are coming from Central America. Yep. They're not coming from Mexico. They're coming no. from Central America where we, like, like implicitly explicitly have had a hand in the destabilization of these countries so i think that we definitely should invest in stabilizing these countries because we are responsible for the chaos in these countries and that's why these people are fleeing so true because we always want to have our hand in every single foreign issue like that's that's just us that's what i was trying to explain to my mom because she was like she big on this whole the russians the russians the russians i'm like Mm. But we, like, we have had our hand in assassinations, right. elections, no. like. Sure. There's a certain reevaluation that needs to be done with Team America World Police. Because <laughs> yeah. that is a smart, yeah. stupid comedy. It, it is, is. It is. Because America, really is. we look at ourselves as the world police. You know yeah, what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Um, and some lighter news. United States women's team won the, the World Cup. Yeah. That's cool. That's exciting. Um, they definitely not going to the White House <laughs> from Reagan from what was her name? Uh, Megan Raponi. Mm-hmm. She stated like, you know, she she's no way she's going to White House. No way she's going to see Trump. And I agree. Um, but that's kind of that's cool. That's cool that the women 
you know, are holding holding the, uh, the United States up in terms of the soccer scene. Unfortunately, though, they're getting paid way less than their male counter- counterparts. I think they're making about $500,000 for this win each, whereas the men, if they won, I think it was closer to, shoot, what was it? It was something like two times more uh, than what it was. And I don't get the wage gap with women's and men's soccer because nobody watches men's or women's soccer. Right. (laughs) I I can understand the wage gap with the WNBA and the NBA because, unfortunately, we don't watch the WNBA. Exactly. But nobody watches soccer, period. So I don't understand the wage gap there. And even with tennis, you know, women's Mm -hmm. tennis is, like, you know, more popular because of Serena and Venus. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like. Yeah. And the fact that even with women's sports, specifically women's soccer um, in the United States, we've been dominant for the past four, four or five years. 20, no, 20 years. Yeah. Like we won, I think, four World Cups, and the Women's World Cup has only been ex- in existence since like the 90s. So uh, that kind of shows you like they've been dominating. So we need to pay these Like women. dominating versus other countries where soccer is like the NFL. Right, right. You got the the Latin American countries. You got, obviously, European countries um, who are all sort of originators yeah. you know, of, of the sport. So, yeah, I mean, we got to we gotta be fair. You know, this is 2019, about to be 2020. There's no reason they shouldn't get paid. 2020. That's crazy. Yeah, it's 2020 is That's something, ago. ain't it? 2020. I never, never thought hey. about that until right now. I remember thinking um, as a kid, like, oh, in 2020, we're going to fly in cars and – Man, All fuck that insurance gonna be high as hell. <laughs> 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 is, is it Michigan focused on a bill that kind of lowers it? Uh, I, mm. They said they passed the bill that was yeah. gonna lower it, but is I, it really? Is it really? Look, man, hopping into twenty twenty, like we we really gotta ask ourselves an important question, mm. like you know, like. Are we storming Area 51 or not? <laughs> oh, yeah. That, oh, my God. We doing it. We going to hold a Can We Talk episode you know at what? the Little Standoff? We should. Y'all want to? No. no. I'm not going. No, nah, I ain't trying to. First off, I don't want to see what exists. They came here illegally. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Hey, but what? how did that get started? Like, who was, who was the mastermind behind it? I have no idea. I'm like, why is it's Area 51 media, trending? Yeah. And then I looked and people talk about we going to bust out the aliens. Like, nah, I'm straight. Yeah. First off, I, I don't want to see what's behind there, personally. And then if you try to cross, you probably go to jail. Look, you try Sorry. to free the animals from the zoo, somebody's going to get bit. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> but I think, I mean, there's truth to it. I mean, obviously they have a whole right. designated area, you know. Um, So I think there probably are aliens somewhere, but. Again, I'm not going to try to find them. Personally. I mean, the but. truth is out there. I just don't need to know. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So I guess that's it for current events. Any, it, you know, that's some, that sums it up. It's a perfect way to wrap it up. <laughs> Let's move on. Oh, yeah. Hip Hop Corner. Yeah. Hip Hop Corner. Crit so, is here. Crit is here. And Crit is Crit is Crit. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, I mean, listen, it's not his worst album. It's a pretty solid album. What's I, his worst album? Probably uh, it's debatable. Live from the underground, but even that on its own is still a good album. You know what I mean? But it's, mm-hmm. like out of the, out of the big crit albums, live from the underground is probably like the least least best. Uh, we got some good songs here. Um, this this album really did make me appreciate Crit here more. The single, mm-hmm. yes, because it yes. fit with the album. Yes. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I'm not a big fan of Addiction. Um, Lil Wayne had a great standout verse on it, but I was like, eh. It's an obvious single. It is. Like, you know how you listen to an album. you like, okay, 
like back in the like you know those albums that came out like in the nineties, like like right. a Jay Z album. Yeah, like you'll listen to a Jay Z album and then yeah. that song, you like okay, this that is going to be a this is the right. single, right? You know, Blue Flame Ballet was a great song. Yes, that's a classic crit mm-hmm. song. Yes. Um, Learn from Texas. You know, we already heard that, but mm-hmm. that was part of the album. So, Prove It with J. Cole. I, I did like this song, but I was a little confused by J. Cole's verse. So, was he just talking about a, like a longtime fan or was there some symbolism there? I'm like, he, I'm like, he talking about crit. I like, is he talking about crit and the fan? Like, I don't understand. I like, like, I didn't understand it either. This I woman was... kept stalking him at an airport and said, like, I'm your biggest fan and <laughs> followed him throughout his career. And I was like, all right, so what are we talking about here? What's the what's mm. the moral to the story? Like, wh- who is she? That's creepy. I just, I do. I was like, damn, I need a job with that type of flexibility. Or <laughs> 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 well, I get to travel and go to concerts. Because the, the song is called Prove It. So yes. it's talking about prove your loyalty to me as an artist. Like, like, mm-hmm. like prove, like, you know, are you really, like, it's kind of like what Kendrick said. You know, when shit hits the fan, are you still a yeah. fan? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a nice song. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really an outer space fan. That's just, that's an all right song. But overall, it's a good album. I give it a 3.5 out of 5. Yeah, mm. I, would, I would give it a 3. Mm, so I'm not. Because it's, it's not that, like, you know, like, Crit got bangers yeah bangers that's like that's why i like um forever is a mile long time because he got the album bangers mm. and then he got the album of you know introspective yeah the introspective mm. stuff i mean the man has given us so much classic material that this album can be forgiven four albums in a row can be forgiven. well i'm a stand so <laughs> yeah, i mean i'm a stand too i'm a stand well well i'm like, not a stand but i'm, I'm a big like, fan he, can, yeah. he can't do no he can do no wrong like, <laughs> But I, I would give it a three. I would give it a three out of five. All right, so, so it's worth the listen. It's what worth the listen. Right. It's worth the listen. Out of 19 songs, uh, I'd say 15, 15 are good. 19 songs. Yeah. Well, there's interludes, too. So, okay. you know, yeah. So, BJ, the Chicago Kid, is coming back. Yes. So, okay. that's somewhere. Uh, So, did you hear Lil Nas X yet? Oh, Lil Nas X came out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. But if you're on Twitter, you already know. <laughs> because he used to be a Nicki Like, his Twitter used to be a Nicki Minaj fan account. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I read about that. Yeah, that. so, like, everybody, like, kind of already knew. But that I means good for him. You know, he's you know he's still selling records. You know, that old time row Ro had a, another remix that came out with uh, <laughs> Young Thug and what's that little Mason kid? Little Yodeling kid? Y'all heard that? I'm good on that. Yeah. Oh, uh, it was pretty good. Billy Ray Cyrus was a nice addition. Let's leave it there. Yeah, we they they taking this to the extreme. Let's leave it there. We need to calm that down. <laughs> hey, uh, but he found he found his little niche and he's hey, he's doing what he gotta do. Okay. Revenge of the Dreamers three. Did you hear it? It's yeah. <laughs> is it worth I mean, I hear it got critical acclaim. Like is is, is it worth it? I gave it one listen and I and like and like, cause most of those artists, I like their material. Like, I like JID, I like Ari Lennox. Of mm-hmm. course, I like J Cole. But I, I, I really want to feel. I gave it one listen. I was like, mm. okay, all right. That's kind of how I felt toward Lupe's "Drow Guys Light." But then that album kind of grew on me. Uh, Nas is coming out. Lost tapes too. Oh. The production roster on there on here looks amazing, though. You got Alchemist. I believe you got Kanye West. You got a few uh-huh. other people. Like um, you got some uh, well, lost tapes from what period? Because I think the lost tapes, the first lost tapes, was like from the nineties, like hmm. you know, not like nineties all the way through the early two thousands. So it's hmm. almost like a mixtape. It's almost like a Nas mixtape, like the oh. first lost tapes. Uh, it looks promising. When does it drop? 
uh, July twenty first. But what I like okay. about the lost tapes is that you can kind of tell, like, by just by listening, like, oh, yeah. that was supposed to be on that album, or that was supposed to be on that album, because you can yeah. kind of tell, you know, with the time period that was recorded by the by the beats and some of the lingo, of course, that was you. Mm. That's what I liked about it. I'm excited for that. Yeah. Does uh, that count as an album? Do you count no. the Lost Tapes as a Nas album? Sure. I, I think. do. I mean, if it's a compilation, it's an album. You know, it's it's a bunch of tracks put together. It's a yeah. compilation. I mean, sometimes sure. when you're creating work and you put stuff to the side and then you put that stuff you put to the side back to the forefront and you put all of it together, it can make something together. Mm-hmm. You look at um, Untitled Unmastered by Kendrick Lamar. That was a pretty complete project. You sure. know, it was like an addendum sure. to Pippa Butterfly. Yeah. But it was, it, was, it was a complete project. Yeah. Speaking of Kendrick, where is he at, man? It's been two years. He's chilling, man. You know, I think you should have time to chill I don't know. as an artist. You should. Um, what else was I going to say? Okay, so we got Nas. You know, I'm thinking about doing this thing where I'm, I'm, I'm starting to take up offers where it's like, okay, Apple Music, get three months free. <laughs> I'm like, all right, 90 days of listening to whatever I want. Yeah. That's cool. Then you got Amazon Prime. You know, Prime Day is coming up. I don't mm-hmm. know what they sell on that day. Uh, stuff for, like stuff that you don't need for cheap. Right. Okay. It's like Black Friday. Pretty much. So, <laughs> so basically their Apple Music, Amazon Music Unlimited, is for four months free if you're a Prime member for 99 cents. That ends in two days. I figured, you know what? I'll, I'll start this up. I'll start the the free months things yeah. and see how I like them. Mm-hmm. And, oh, you don't, you're not a student anymore. I was about to say you can use your uh, student ID or your email address and you get four ninety nine. I think $5 a month for Apple. Yeah, so I ain't used cheap. that in years, man. Yeah. My email is probably like you Mine know got discontinued. Yeah. It's probably deactivated by now. Yeah. I think they they waited because I think it gets deactivated like maybe one or two years after you graduate. I think so. And then I had mine for like five, and they caught me. They was like, yeah, um. <laughs> felt that you felt that too. The lights, yeah, yeah, the lights flicked. <laughs> wow. What's happening? Area fifty one, y'all. <laughs> I don't know. Anthony, you ready? I mean, uh, oh, we done? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Let's get into it. Uh. Okay, so before we get into, like, what is my opinion, the best movie of the year so far that we all saw, mm-hmm. let me um, let me get into Crawl. Uh, Crawl, man, this is the one film I didn't go to Rotten Tomatoes before I went to see it. Mm-hmm. If you know this film, you know it's about um, this woman who tries to save her father um, throughout this hurricane, and uh, alligators are, are, are emerging from this hurricane, and it's a very dangerous situation. Uh, very good, tense thriller, man. Seriously? Yeah, like it mm. was very good. It was well done. It kind of reminds you a little bit of Don't Breathe. Yeah. And they're both produced by Sam Raimi, who made Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this film is pretty good. It's solid, uh, nice gore, nice, um, nice tense atmosphere. And Homegirl, um, she's Brit. She's British. She's from Skins. Uh, mm-hmm. Kaya, I don't know how to say her last name, mm-hmm. but she does a good job in the lead role. So okay. I, I'd recommend Crawl. I'm surprised though. It just seems like a, such a weird story, like storyline. It does, and it seems like, like one of those. But and the Condor was too. I guess and you're I, right. I, I mean, it wasn't a good movie, but I enjoyed it. And Snakes on the Plane, I guess you're. I, Snakes I, on the Plane was good though. Yeah, that was the perfect role for Sam Jackson. <laughs> yeah, I th- they probably wrote that movie. <laughs> that was revenge for the kill off scene in Deep Blue Sea. Uh, <laughs> we gotta do him. We gotta do right by him. We gotta do right by yeah, him. Yeah, when the shark ate him. Yeah, that was messed up, man. Yeah. Uh, oh, did you see Spider Man? Not yet, but I heard good things. It was really good. Yeah, it was good. It was, yeah. Good. It was yeah. good. Yeah, that, en- good. that ending, man. 
I'm gonna check and it you, out, and man. And then, like, you actually have to stay and yeah. watch the the post credit scenes. Yeah. Okay, there are two of them. All right, yeah, I'll I'll definitely check it out because I heard good things and I like the Spider Man. So, um, I mean, Toby McGuire will always be my Peter Parker, but it is what know, it Tom is. Tom Holland, man, he's yeah. stepping up. I like him. No, I like him too. You know. But it's that nostalgia, man. Like, yeah. Spider-Man 2, to me, is, like, near perfect. Yeah. That's a near perfect film. Um, I like the first one with the guy from the network. I can't remember his name. Andrew, whatever. Perfect. Andrew Garfield. Yeah, yeah. See, I, I like the first one. The second one, I... Uh, See, I never watched those. Like, I like that actor, but I never watched his Spider-Man. Yeah, I that one. Yeah. They said he was a good... They said he did well, you know. I don't think there's been a bad Spider-Man actor. I'm I'm more like the '90s Spider-Man animated series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like the best cartoon yeah. of all time. DC one has better animated series than Marvel. I agree. I definitely agree on that one. Justice League is pretty good. Batman, Batman. Superman. Yeah, the, the '90s Historic. Batman. Yeah, yeah. I I agree with that. Um, so let's get into the shits. Midsummer. What the fuck? Spoiler alert, y'all. This movie was amazing to me. <sighs> All right, first off, if you haven't seen it yet, we're going to spoil some stuff for you. Let's skip in 10 minutes. You know, 135, I'll let y'all know. Let's get into the topic. Yeah, all right. Just skip ahead 10 minutes if you haven't seen right. it. Right. All right, so what did y'all think? First impressions of Midsummer. First off, give a give an overview. You do a great job of giving the reviews. Okay, so um, we start off with this couple, um, the girlfriend, Danny, Danny and Christian. So Danny has um, kind of like anxiety attacks. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, she's kind of in a crisis when the film begins. The uh, boyfriend, he's hanging out with his friends, and he wants to break off the relationship. He wants right. he, he wants to get out the relationship. I think yeah. they both do. I think yeah, she liked yeah, him. Yeah, though. she likes him. Yeah, she, think, she, she really well, loved him. I, she really she loves because he told her did, friend though. But could, yeah, but her friend was like, "Come on, dog, really." Right. She's in yeah. denial. She's a little in denial. Um, so a horrible tragedy happens, and the boyfriend, out of guilt stays in the relationship, you know, right. without without giving too much away. And that kind of serves as the prelude to this film, which is, um, as the director describes it, who made Hereditary, mm-hmm. um, a breakup film set in a, a folk horror setting, yep. like yep. The Wicker Man, you know what I mean, stuff yep. like that. And uh, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a transcendent movie, man. It really mm-hmm. stayed with me in a good way. But anyway, that sets it off. So basically um, – the boyfriend and his friends, they're going to the Swedish festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they both have uh, the mutual friend who who, ha- who introduces the festival to them. And uh, the girlfriend overhears it like, oh, wow, you didn't tell me about that. Mm-hmm. And that leads to another minor argument between them. But he's like, do, do you want to go? And she's mm-hmm. like, uh, well, I mean, I would like to be invited, but, you know. So in the end, she decides to come with them. And uh, when they arrive at this festival, you know, everything seems a little too nice, yeah. uh, too sunny. You know, there's... There's there's an acid trip they have in the beginning. It's <laughs> crazy. What was the acid they took or shrooms. LSD? Shrooms. 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 They yeah. are. They have a shroom trip in the beginning. That's pretty funny. And the movie is funny. It has it's funny, funny moments. Words, yeah. well, but was it supposed to be funny? I was in there by myself, cracking up. Especially yeah, that one It's supposed scene. to be funny. I was oh, in God. a yeah. I was in an auditorium full of people and we were laughing. And um, so basically, from there, you know, stuff kind of goes left, and the sin- the sinister nature of these people are kind of taken to the forefront. You know how it is, right? Americans go to a foreign place. You know, it's like hostile. Mm-hmm. Sooner or later, they get killed off one by one. I mean, you mm-hmm. you can know that without even seeing the movie, right. but it ain't just about that, right? So that's the synopsis. I would say first off, 
to be PhD students or candidates, they were kind of stupid. Like some, <laughs> some of the decisions they made, I'm like, especially the one friend, the goofy looking friend, like some of the decisions that they were making, you would think that they were smart enough to. Yeah, like, to, you peed to on realize, a tree. Like, right. Yeah, that, like you ain't never, uh, you're an anthropology student and you never read Christmas in Kalahari. Right. Come on, dog. That's, really? Americans, is, that's Americans in horror films, though. We yeah. make but stupid mistakes. I didn't think sure. about it that way. Yeah, I took maybe like three or four anthropology classes, but like mm. Christmas of Kalahari is like the staple. Like mm. if you're an anthrop, it's like to kill a, it's like to kill a mockingbird for mm. anthropology students. Like okay. you can't just be peeing everywhere outside. <laughs> right. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> and then the fact that um, my man, the, what's the black guy's name from? Uh, well, uh, he's from the Good Place, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. What is his yeah. name? William, J- William Jackson Harper. Yeah. I believe that's yeah. his name. Yeah. He did. He, he did a good. I'm mad at him though, cause he or he should know better. Dude, yeah, I love that culture vulture scene <laughs> yeah. between him and in a in a Christian. Where he's like, dog, you just coming into this trying to take my thesis. I've been studying this right. for my, years. I was so mad at my man for that. Like, dog. Nah. Oh yeah, I thought that was foul because you need to have an idea. You don't know if you going back to school. How you, you gonna share a thesis? School. He's like, yeah. let's share a thesis. I'm like, come <laughs> on, do this together. Like, no, you're not only a dick to your girlfriend, mm-hmm. you a dick to your friends. Like, come on, man. Yeah. But it plays into the whole relation. Like him personally, he's a selfish person. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. and it kind of tied into this, the whole theme of the story. Like, for her, because she kept saying, like, oh, are you you'll probably just leave me. Like the, the other guy left. Mm-hmm. Um. So for her, she always has this like the second guessing of, of his intentions, mm-hmm. and I think that plays in the beginning of the relationship. Even when you know he was uh, when she was having her issue with her sister, he, he she called him up and she was what did he say? He was like, uh, "Don't worry about it. I think you're just overreacting." And um, for, that's what all boyfriends say in certain situations. But no, you know? I just think he's a selfish person. Like he didn't truly want to hear her out. And I think that right, right, right. at the end of the day, when she made that decision, you know to. I won't get too much away. To yeah. kill him, right? Well, <laughs> sorry guys. Did she or did they? Well, yeah, yeah. She, she made the decision. Yeah, I think she realized I'm, she's going to be selfish for herself, right? I think she was like, "All right, he he doesn't really care about me. He did this sexual act with this this other woman that he was drugged and kind of coerced kinda into. He was coerced into. But I think that's the final straw. She was like, "Yeah, I'm done. And um, it's time for me to move on." One thing I got to remember, you know, she's still high as hell. But she's coming down, though. But she's making that decision. She was coming down at that point. I yeah, because yeah, they had gave him that specialty. And yeah. You don't know how, how high in the clouds she was. Like, that was a that was a trip that was laced with LSD or, like, yeah. what they call natural ingredients down there. <laughs> right. Um, that final shot is perfect, man. It was. It's oh like, that's God. a cathartic final scene. Like, I really I really enjoyed that. Just that smile. So, like, is she going to – so what's going to happen? Is she going to stay? I mean, like she I said, leave. she's still a little high. Like, I don't yeah. think she fully realized what just happened. Hey, have y'all seen that meme with the little girl? It's like a fire. The house is burning down behind yeah. her. And right. she just has a smirk on her yeah. face. It was just like that. It was like kind of like that whole symbolism. Like, um, things are going crazy. Stuff is burning down. But, but it's a sinister type of thing. the townspeople, I think they kind of picked up on their vibe. And then they mm. like kind of exacerbated the the tension between the two of them. Like they will pull them yeah. to the side and be like, "Oh yeah, this little girl wants to fuck you." <laughs> and you gotta, <laughs> right. gotta remember, their Bible is written by a kid who is mentally challenged. Right. Yeah. That's like the punchline right there. Yeah. Because my man asked him, "So what happens if he dies?" Oh, we'll just use the next inbreeding kid. And he's like, <laughs> <It's ridiculous>. what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this, this film, right. like it's very ironic and funny in some places. Like, like some stuff that like you pick up on, it's like, 
like how my man says orange juice was a little bit redder than that. Right. And I'm like, you know she put the period blood in I'm like, that's tough. (laughs) Then there's the paintings on the wall, though. Yes. The the paintings tell you the story of the movie. Seriously. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah, everything, this movie really, like, it kind of impacted me. And, like, I thought it was better than Hereditary. You know what? It was. It's more ambitious. It was. Way way more ambitious. Um, I think the acting, the whole sort of the cinematography itself was pretty cool like a horror a horror film in broad daylight yeah, yeah. i love the, i love that yeah the director calls it his uh wizard of oz for perverts <laughs> i like ari aster man i want to see what he does later because he wants to make a comedy next but like some of the mm. stuff like when they did the little they did the little dinner with the old people and yeah. the old people jumped off the cliff onto a rock yeah, oh, that, yeah. that was dragged out a little too much were, that could have yeah. been like the, some of the film is a little too long but I um I, I like that whole scene, but it was dragged out a little too much. I'm like, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. I get it. They get to die their way, I guess, instead mm-hmm. of, you know, dying old mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm like, okay, I kind of get that. I, I wouldn't yeah. advocate for that, but I get right. it. Then you got the but, British couple like, are you guys serious? Right. <laughs> They're falling to their death. You know. That would shock me. And I will be pissed if you are my friend, which we find out later that these are not your friends. They brought mm-hmm. you here knowing that you may possibly be murdered. No, they will. They were going to be murdered. Yeah. <laughs> right. My friend kept telling me who saw this movie with me. He was like, man, I would have been left. I'm like, if they let you. Yeah, right. They was talking <laughs> about right. leaving. And then they, they was like, oh, he left without you. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think that um, the craziest thing is like the, the lack of reaction to that scene when the two older people killed themselves. That the uh, boyfriend and oh, uh, yeah. an other guy had, like they, they didn't even care. Well, like, I mean, they, like I said, they're still kind of high. You, you're still kind of high that whole movie. The audience too. The, the yeah. movie take the movie is a bad trip. This is yeah. Um, what was I about to say? Uh, yeah, man. The music, cinematography, mm-hmm. the artwork, um, the gore. This was a very ambitious second feature, and I feel like I kind of put it in the same space as us, where like both him and Jordan Peele kind of like swung fate offenses. Yeah, mm-hmm. it made some pretty solid sophomore movies. Um, one part of the movie where I just shook my head was the whole sex scene. That, <laughs> that was well done. That was it was well done. It reminded me a little bit. I don't know if y'all watch. Um, shoot, what is it called? Um, on Hulu, Hands May Tell. I do. It kind of reminded me a little bit of Handmaid's Tale, a little bit, right? Handmaid's yeah. Tale has Handmaid's more Tale. has more dread in it, though. It like, does. This, this one, this one was played with some humor. Yeah, but the whole like the women sort of yeah, being yeah, yeah. there, being there, and yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was interesting. Like, people was laughing. I was laughing. I was laughing, laughing when she put her hands on his ass. Right. And was pushed. <laughs> I was in there dying. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> so, what are some of the greater themes that y'all sort of no- noticed from this movie? Like, what was the the main message that you think? Ari was trying to convey. Was it the relationship? Was that the main focal point? Well, that's the, that's the corner story there. It mm. is a breakup film. You know what yeah. I mean? And like, I know when he pitched Hereditary, it was really just about a dysfunctional family. But mm-hmm. in order to mm. sell the script, he added the witchcraft part of it and it yeah. turned into a whole different movie. So, yeah, it, it, the breakup film is at the corner of it. But it's really I think the movie is really just about Danny's spiritual journey. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. From like a terrible tragedy to just like transcendent happiness. Yeah. And part of me thinks that the um the group purposely made her the May Queen or the Flower Queen, whatever, the May Queen. Mm-hmm. I think they purposely, purposely did that. I think they did it because um even the guy, like, he drew the picture of her with the, the crown on, like with the Mayflower mm-hmm. crown. And I think it was almost like they knew that they wanted her for some reason. 
Yeah, because be like that. that guy, he was like the only one that wasn't like kind of irritated that she was coming along. Yeah, like he wasn't. Ir- everybody else was like, oh, "You bring your girl," and right. then he was like, "Oh, I'm very glad." <laughs> like, yeah, wasn't he kind of caking on her in one scene? Yeah, he was, he was right. sitting together. Like, oh, he kissed yeah. her too at one point when she was real high. Um, yeah, yeah. And then she won a little May Queen. There's a lot of things you can draw from this, man. You can draw, um, you know. Kind of like turning the lemons into lemonade, or like kind of yeah. trying to trying to work through grief. Um, yeah, lemonade is killing your boyfriend. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right, right. You got a house of pain that's burning down. There's a lot of symbolism in this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely gonna give it a second watch. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm probably not. You said no. <laughs> probably. It was a it's trip. Gory, like when they would hit that. I think what was it? The man that didn't die when he oh, jumped yeah, off the yeah. rock. Yeah, and he hit him in the head. Yeah, yeah it's a, it's a gory movie. It's a, it's a disturbing movie. Yeah. <laughs> um hey, if you want to read my review on this, um you can go to wearecritics.com, uh C R I T I X dot com. My review is on there. Mm-hmm. But um I liked it, man. I think so far, like right right above Endgame, like right yeah. there, this is like probably the best movie I've seen all year. But the the amount of gaslighting that happened in that movie, like from a lot of people, right? It was like they take it as one thing, like, oh everything's gonna be fine. Like they 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 yeah. even the even the guy who brought them there. Um, he's like, yeah, it's just like a tr- regular festival we do. Everything's gonna be fine. Um, but little did they know, like, it was not fine. I mean, but None if you of watch it. horror films, you know what it is. Like, yeah. you know, you know what the deal is. You know what this is coming to. Yeah, but I think it was. Just, I, I liked it. It was well done. Again, I don't know if I would watch it twice. Just because it, it was a, it was an adventure. Who did better, Florence Pugh or Tony Collette in Hereditary? Oh, I like uh, uh, what's. Colette was the the woman. She was the yeah, Tony. She was. Tony, I like Tony Colette, the mother. Okay. I like her. Okay. She did a, especially that end scene, man. Where well, not the floating body scene. That was that was kind of weird. Right. Right. Wasn't that strange? Remember that the the body yeah. just like the headless body floated it's a strange up to the, movie. Yeah. That was, that was I weird. like him, man. He's emotional horror. I like him as a director. Yeah. But all right. Uh, any more? Any more final observations? I don't know. What, how, I watched. What, I finally saw Bohemian Rhapsody. Fine, it's been out for like a year. But that's a good movie. It's a little too long, though. Yeah. I, like, I'm like, who is this movie really about? <laughs> like, it's not even about the whole group. No, and it's I don't about think, Freddie, ain't it? Right, it's a Freddie story. And I don't think he did that good of a job. I don't think, think, I think it was Robert, Oscar worthy, but also it could very well be Oscar worthy. It's just that Jamie Foxx and Ray is like the standard for like right. music biopics, yeah. and well, it's like if you ain't Jamie Foxx and Ray, then you right. come on. But the thing is, Rami, you know, it was mostly mostly makeup made him look like Freddie. But I think during yeah. that performance scene, he really did embody Freddie Mercury. Like during that yeah. performance scene at the, the Live, Live Aid concert, like I was like, okay, I understand why he was nominated because he had he had the Freddie swagger. Yeah, if you, you see the fl- the split screen between the Live Aid um, actual performance and then the movie, yeah, it was spot on. Like, he did a great job. Right. I just couldn't get over my man's like little teeth they put yeah, in. Yeah, the his teeth mouth. they put in. It was so annoying. Because yeah. I don't even think Freddie Mercury's teeth were that bad. They just mm. made it. No, they as... weren't that bad. Yeah. They just made his look. They over exaggerated. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, y'all, go definitely go see Midsummer. Right. It's worth the watch. I don't know if I can recommend <laughs> it. Well, look, look. No, it, like, I Anthony mean, didn't recommend it to me. I just went to see. I'm like, oh, y'all both saw it, so I'll go see it. If you like deep, disturbing, like like emotional horror, then go see Midsummer because yeah. it really ain't for everybody. Let's just That's be true. fair to it. It ain't for everybody. Yeah, it takes a 
disturbed soul. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, all right, let's get into our main topic, y'all. Yeah. All right. So this is a pretty interesting topic. So we're looking at um kind of our infatuation with movies and how it's used to sort of escape reality mm-hmm. to an extent. Escapism. Escapism, yeah. Movies as escapism. And, you know, looking at historically why people went to the movies and um like is it is it truly an opportunity for the three hours of your life to just all negative things happen in your world, you can just sort of escape from it and just fall into this fake persona or this fake environment. Yeah. Personally, I love the movies mm-hmm. and it's definitely an escape for me. <laughs> you know, I just use it as an opportunity to just de stress, relax, just not have to worry about nothing. Right. And I, and I enjoy it. That's why I go. Yeah, I mean, like, in the thick of the Great Depression, people went to go see Gone with the Wind. And, you know, that kind of lifted people's spirits, you know, like a sweeping romance and all that, like, you know, Casablanca. Um, You know, I feel like our movie kind of taking us away from the Trump climate, you know, we we go to superhero films. Mm -hmm. Endgame. Like, you know, that that took that that took my mind away from Trump because I was so much anticipating this movie that, you know, lifted my spirits and said, "Okay, all my superheroes are getting together. How are they going to get out of this one little cliffhanger from the last film? It was escapism. Yes, definitely escapism and attempting to live vicariously through others. I think that's why, like, black exploitation films was like such this big boom in the 70s because you Mm -hmm. got black people smacking white people, calling them crackers and (laughs) stuff like stuff that you can't as a black person do in real life right right so yeah i think definitely um we use most forms of media Hmm. as an escape yeah and i I just think that in essence and i'm I'm a huge like movie fan i'm not a cinephile to the point where anthony is where he's writing reviews but i will go to the movies by myself multiple times a week like i don't i just like it Mm -hmm. um and so it's just one of those things where i love again these storylines where Good things happen. Like at the end of every movie, usually something good will happen, unless it's Midsummer, whereas everyone dies. <laughs> there's a resolution, but there's a resolution. Yeah, and often and we don't have yes. that in our lives, right? I, yeah, like we don't like. Yeah, we're so used to things getting resolved within two hours, or even in a TV show where something is resolved within ten hours, right. but like. For us, it takes years or some things in our lives never get resolved. It's true. You're walking into this world. You're going towards the middle. And in the end, you walk out. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, that's escapism. You're, you're walking into another world every time you sit into that darkly lit theater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so do you think that um, the movies will ever die? Like, well, like the traditional movie theater setting. Do you think it will ever fade away? You think it's kind of kind of just embedded within our culture? I mean, we've come this far. I mean, this led to another thing that I guess we might talk about next episode where um, everything has a streaming service now. Yeah. Everything mm-hmm. has a subscription. Every channel has a subscription. Yeah. And it's, it's keeping more people at home. And, and I understand how that might be, you know, kind of discouraging to the people who run theaters. But mm-hmm. if you're really into like the magic of cinema or being fully enmeshed into a film, yeah. you, you got to sit in that dark room, man. I agree. I think um, what they call it, FOMO. Yeah. <laughs> Fear yeah, missing out. Yeah. I think that will keep movie theaters open because yeah. I mean, like I like I was telling you about the Doctor Strange uh, when I went to see Doctor Strange and there were kids having commentary behind me. Yeah. One of them had obviously streamed it, like watched it uh, illegally, allegedly, because he had knew all the lines. He's like, oh yeah, that's- that was Thor Ragnarok, right? Yeah, it was yeah, Thor it, Ragnarok. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. It was Thor Ragnarok, and he like knew, but he still was at the movies. Yeah, yeah. 
I don't, but it's for me, it's something about being in an audience full of strangers and kind of sharing this moment together. You have a shared experience. Yeah. yeah. And then also, yeah. like, initially on the streaming, like, when you allegedly mm-hmm. try to watch a movie, you know, on the, a fire stick the weekend it comes out, it's not very clear. So people right. are like, man, this is not a clear version. So I'm still going to go to yeah. the movies to see the movie because I don't want to miss out. Yeah. And so, I mean, one thing movies can do better, though. It's kind of expensive, specifically the food. The food's really expensive. Um, But I've found ways to get around that, allegedly, that uh, I think we all have to an extent. Man, I love me some AMC A-list, man, because it's like the more films you see, you get $5 rewards. So basically the concessions are paying for themselves. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I would would put my stamp of approval on that for people like me. But um, I want to touch back on what you said earlier. You don't have to, like, write reviews to be a cinephile. Mm-hmm. Just watch a bunch of movies. You watch a bunch yeah, of movies. Right. Hey, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, like I'm sure there's a lot of cinephiles in the world. They may not know they are, right. but they are. Yeah, like no matter what, it doesn't matter what genre it is, mm. right? Like, because I watch movies, and I'm like, that's like out of the norm. I like yeah. watch black and white movies, hood movies, right? Yeah. I mean, do you think that our infatuation with specifically superhero movies? I think that could kind of be a little bit pro- problematic, right, in our lives. Well, we need heroes. We do need heroes, but we always think that a hero can't be ourselves, right? We look at someone as you have to have some type of power, some type of figure. Um, you have to be this super strong person. Yeah, I kind of I kind of disagree with that. I feel like some people, like the little kids, like, you know, that go see the Captain Marvels and they dress up like Captain Marvel. Yeah. Like scenes like, you know, a lot of people didn't like this scene in Endgame where you had like all the female <laughs> superheroes together. Yeah. But, you know, a scene like that was for the little. It was cool. It was, I mean, it was, was obviously cool. pandering, but right. I thought it was cool. It was for the little girl in the front row. It was for your daughter who said girl power. Yeah, she know, did. <laughs> they see something like that on, on screen and it gives them confidence. You yeah. know what I mean? That's true. It brings the hero out of you. Yeah, yeah. And one thing, too, uh, even dating back to, like, the early 1900s when movies were first established and they were, like, silent films, I can imagine being, like, sitting in a silent film, personally. But well, that's when it was first. Yeah, I mean, but, right. you know. Like, then you see a scene and then they cut to the caption. Right. I'm like, but. but it, it was a whole new invention back then, though. Yeah. But even then, it was just, like, I don't know something so pure about that concept of just, just seeing, um this art seen as this this reflection of life being portrayed in this this movie right it's 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 kind of hard to explain like how it makes me feel but i just enjoy it like i love it i mean the the escapism like and we got to touch on this it can be dangerous yes mm. you know like like art imitates life life should always imitate art you know what i mean yeah. like you got the people who who love like me who love the action films like the kill bills right. the fast and furious films the matrix and all that and right. then you got the people who watch the, you know, deranged films like American Psycho, still a good movie, yeah. and take that to heart and really think, oh, wow, this uh, this film that was written and directed by professional people who knew they were making, like, a deranged film that's trying to say something mm-hmm. is talking to me. But you're not really getting the message that's, that was supposed to be sent to you. You're taking it yeah. in a different way. Like Fight Club. I think right. that movie gets misinterpreted quite a bit. It does get right. misinterpreted. It really does. Yeah. But that's so true when you think about um, what was those little girls who saw like the Slender Man or something? Oh yeah, and they they 
decided to kill their friend or like attempted. Tried to, yeah, they tried to kill their friend. Yeah, because they said the slender man told them to. So I mean, art can be dangerous. It can be dangerous. You know, yeah. I mean, I remember me and my friends in my neighborhood growing up. We we watch wrestling, and you know, we pull wrestling moves on each other and hurt each other by accident. <laughs> and I'm like, it it can be dangerous. Yeah. So for you personally, when, was the movies like a childhood thing? Like, was it something you grew up doing that you kind of just loved and? Um, yeah, man. I mean, for me, I I mean, this, this topic really speaks to me because I do look at it as an escape. Yeah. Like, you know, my mom used to tell me that, um, when, when I watched Home Alone as a kid, I would like walk up to the VCR and rewind it when it was over (laughs) and then play it again. Uh I don't remember that because I was like too little, but yeah, it's always been an escape to me. Yeah. Your kids, like, I don't know what it is. Like they, when they have a movie that they like, they want to watch it. Over yeah. and over and over again. Yeah, because you're you're reliving that moment. You're reliving mm-hmm. that that thing that made you smile and laugh. And one thing too, I think that specifically our generation, we love like um, that nostalgia. And you're starting yeah. to see that play kind of in the movies that are, are created now. It's all remakes. Mm-hmm. It's remakes of everything that we had in the '90s. And I'm looking at like again, Toy Story, Lion King, Aladdin. Um, but all this stuff that was that was playing in the nineties, like ninety five, yeah. ninety six, are now in two thousand nineteen, which it, is crazy. It may not be for me, but I understand why Lion King is getting a remake. It's for the kids of the new generation. But it's not the same though. Well, the I mean, animated I, I, version I, is the best. Well, to us, the kids, might, some uh, kids probably haven't even seen it yet, and they're looking at this new live action version. Like that looks cool, you know. So yeah. I, I do get it. So I'm not, I'm not, um. I'm not against it. I don't know if that movie looks like it's for me, though. I might no. not go see it, but I understand why it's being made. But that's my biggest beef, though, with, with um, these Disney live action. It takes away. But as long as they keep making money, oh, they're yeah, going to do it. It's a money thing, too. It's a money thing, too. But it was something about the cartoons where, you know, obviously, you know, it's not real. You know, it's 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 all like made up and imaginary, but it added so much character to to everything. Right. It made it. It's more colorful. It was uh And you can actually fun. give animals emotion. Right. When you Yeah, with the CGI it's just like they all look the same. These bland little How do you know that wasn't their original intention when they first made Lion King? Man, I wish we had the technology to make this real live action, <laughs> like, really? you know? I'm sure it was, but again, I think that emotion that you said is lacking, you know, just from the previews. I'm like this is it doesn't feel the same. It's missing something. Um, so I'm I'm hoping that we kind of get away from doing those live action remakes. Oh no, they're gonna just, keep coming. Mulan's coming. I want to see that. No, I though. would watch that. I right, see that because that could be that can definitely translate well. No, I'm I'm looking at this article here, which kind of like inspired me a little bit. Um, like I said, Inverse.com, modern blockbuster escapism resonates now more than ever. Mm-hmm. So, is cinema escapism is it as important in the Trump age? Yeah, I think I think well, we dive more into it now. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I would say even after like big events like nine eleven, like when that happened, I think more people wanted to have that, those feel good stories, those feel good moments. Yeah, uh, and I think after that, you started to see um, the increase of those superhero movies. A ton of them came out. A ton of rom coms. A ton of rom coms. <laughs> like people, people just wanted to just sep- again separate themselves from what was going on and just. Be happy for something once, right? that will give you kind of like, um, like you know, a little bit of anxiety and adrenaline rush, but you know, it's gonna be like some sort of a happy ending, yeah, right? Like, 
post 9-11 was like an interesting time for cinema because yeah. it, it kind of shifted a little bit. You went towards the artistic side, but you mostly went to the, you know, you've got mail and stuff like mm-hmm. that, like the romantic comedies. Because, you, like you said, feel good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And some stuff that surrounded, you know, bombings and explosions got pushed back yeah. because mm-hmm. it was a sensitive time, too. Yeah. I do have a question for y'all. What are your thoughts about going to the movies alone? I love I it, man. I, love it. I don't have to share my snacks. <laughs> no, because I know a lot of people no are like. No judgment. Because that's why I was like, oh, man, midsummer, I'm going yeah. and I spent a lot of money. But I'm <laughs> like, oh, they got funnel cake fries. <laughs> 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 I want some of those. And I yeah. want a quesadilla. Dude, <laughs> dude, when I'm in it, I'm in it, you know. And yeah. I, I, I get a little I get a little taken out of the moment when it's like, um, hey, so which, how you think this going to end? Oh, who's yeah. he? And I'm like, come on, man. Like, stuff. Right. You know what I mean? I like going by myself. I, I, mean, I, I yeah. love going and by I never, myself. And I never understood the concept of going to movies in big groups because watching the movie is such a, like, a personal thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we want to share that experience with other people as well, which I understand. But it, like, what's the stigma against going by yourself? There should be no stigma. The it's only like thing a lot of about like, going by myself is like when I leave, I don't have nobody to talk yeah. about the movie with. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like with Endgame, I needed to see somebody. I needed but, to see that with somebody. But you got social media, though. You can go directly to Twitter and share your experience. But social media, you're talking through. You're talking through a screen. You are communicating. But I like, I like really sitting with somebody and talking about something. Like Endgame, mm-hmm. when I saw that with my girl, I loved it. And then I got my mom and dad, and I brought them to the movies to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Some movies you need to see with other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess you're right because I was reading an article and they were like. Um, it was a person talking about their experience the first time they went to the movies by themselves. Like, they felt awkward. They're like, you know, people are looking at me. They're judging me. Well, if you're not used to it, then, like, of course. But, you know, I'm 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 used to it. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, the first time I went alone, I was probably, like, in high school. Like, yeah, I was in high school. I think I went. No. Yeah, I was in high school. I think I went to see, like, Scream 2 oh, or 3. By yourself? Yeah. Oh. No, it was 3 because I saw Scream 2 with my dad. <laughs> Shout out to my dad. Yeah. <laughs> we, went think, to, we went to see Amistad. And then Amistad. we went to go see Scream 2. Oh, my God. <laughs> Amistad, then Scream 2. Yeah. We movie hop. Shout out to my dad. Oh, yeah. I used to sneak in these theaters all the time. My dad and I did that once. We saw Inspector Gadget, then we uh, went and saw Tarzan. And you can't yeah. do that now because it, it's Those a fine seat. I know. That's, they smart. And, you they know, up to security guards, they're, they're kind of around. Not at Imagine. Well, allegedly, a- a- no. AMC Gratiot, they're around. You ain't getting into that Dolby Theater if you ain't got oh, yeah, a ticket. That's true. That's true. That's their expensive. That's their most expensive theater. Yeah, but I know some theaters, like especially if you go in early enough, there's no one like collecting tickets or like doing none of that. Right, right. So yeah. Kind of just allegedly, y'all. So I'm, yeah, allegedly. I ain't giving away no secrets. <laughs> yeah, I, I but the see. thing, like, I be wanting to do it because there's some like when I like when I went to see Midsummer, somebody could have came in there, right? Because I was the only one there. And it's mostly assigned seats, but I always care. Like, what if I go in here and I sit in somebody's seat? You just be like, oh, I'm sorry, I got the wrong, uh, wrong section. My fault. And then walk out. And walk out. Right. <laughs> when I uh, when I went to see Schindler's List when they re released it in theaters, um, I was the only person in there, and it was on like the big big screen, yeah. and um, it wouldn't make a difference if somebody was in there or not. I was just totally enmeshed in this film that mm-hmm. was being re released. I didn't get to see when it first came out because mm-hmm. it was before my time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, I. Um, I mean, I mean, the first time you do it, yeah, it's gonna feel awkward. But yeah. if you're used to it, then whatever. You know, it amazes me that the whole the structure of a movie theater has not even really changed that much. Does it need to? I mean, no, it doesn't necessarily need to. I think it's adapted to fit people's comfort. Like people want to feel like it's you're at home. Got the reclining seat. Yeah, reclining seat. The food comes to you now, yeah. which is kind of cool. 
Um, but at the, its essence is still the same, like 100 people you know, sitting in the audience, which I love. I love that. Yeah. I mean – I, I like I like a I like a audience that's like little to none when it's like a a, a deep movie that I kind of got to focus on. Yeah. But if it's like a crowd pleaser movie like Endgame, I kind of need a full audience. Oh yeah, you got to yeah. yes, yes. I can't be in there all alone because I'm gonna be like, dog, I'm the only one experiencing this. Like I'm I'm gonna be like, man, I need somebody else in here with me. You know, Endgame is nothing better than when that scene came and everyone came back Avengers. and just the cheer, was, assemble yeah, the cheers. Like that was the, the man. Yeah, like when it just walked through, it was quiet and yeah. then walked through the circles and everybody just started. And clapping. then the tear came. I was like, Shit, I'm glad I'm by myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you, you even look at Titanic, you know, like a sweeping romance. Like that was an escapism film. That's like the yeah. that's like the go to escapism film. We're talking about this topic. You know, everybody wanted to see uh, Jack and um, what was Kate's name in that movie? Rose. Jack and Rose. You know, oh, Jack yeah. died. And, you know, it's that's the key one right there. Avatar yep. 2. Av- yeah, Avatar is really. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, 2? I like 1 better. No, there's just one avatar. Yeah. Oh, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Are they? Aren't they making one? They're no, making they're... A two. He's making like three sequels. Uh, uh. Three sequels. He, Why? He, he's he's Peter Jackson one, in it right three. now, bro. He's he he can't get out of that world. But it's uh. James Cameron. He has he ever failed visual wise? No, no, not he's at never all. failed. So. Not at all. Story. But we don't need, I don't know about story. We, we don't but. need three though. That's it's gonna happen. Uh. <laughs> Harry, Harry Potter was a good escapism uh, yeah. era, you know, going to see those movies. The last yeah. movie was an event, and I liked it. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yes, it was. Oh, man. The Batman trilogy, Dark Knight. Like, Dark Knight, I saw that in IMAX, and I just mm. bragged to, like, um, like the like the old lady across the street that I don't even talk to that much. You see Batman? <laughs> oh, no, nah, but I heard about it. I'm like, you should see it. Because Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker. Like, the whole plot line, like, that yeah. movie was an event to me. Yeah, but I but I love um I love the fact that with movies there becomes the reward for the actors. You know, you got the Oscars. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just the culmination of, you know, all of their their efforts and time. I mean, that's cool too, I like that. <laughs> that's kind of biased in itself. Like I don't, I, I don't I don't really watch the Oscars anymore. Yeah, I don't watch award shows, period. Y'all missing out. I still but like Oscars, I call it, like I get watching like musical like related like award shows because of the performances. Mm. The but Tony Awards, Tony, yeah. yeah, the tall, yeah, the Tonys. The BET Awards. I mean, they have good performances because I never heard of Lizzie until she was on BET. Lizzo, oh, Lizzo, Lizzo. Lizzo. Yeah. yeah, I never heard of Lizzo. Like Lizzo. I said Lizzie <laughs> until I saw her on the BET Awards. I'm like, oh, she's dope. Yeah. That's kind of escapism too, but I can't, you know, I can't watch the Oscars just because, like, I think some of the awards are biased. But I also like all those famous people in one room. I don't know. I just feel awkward about it. I'm like, I, I just, you see, I don't know. I just feel <laughs> a little awkward. <laughs> okay, but yeah, I mean, the escapism is real, and I think that ultimately the movies are, um, man, it's just a, a ingrained in the fabric of American culture. That's, you know, we, we've culture like norms like cultural norms like um things that come, that came out of movies that are now like socially relevant it's kind of awesome just the quotes that you have man yeah and i just i love again i love the fact to be able to share an emotion with people just strangers like there's nothing more pure than that um any final thoughts sorry lizzo yeah lizzo. <laughs> hey, she be twerking with the flute and stuff you care? I'm, I'm like oh my See god that? it's so dope like, ah! <laughs> She's ador- yeah, she's adorable. She I like her. Um, I think art is escapism, but you know, it's escape. Like, like, don't escape every day. You know, escape, escape at the right moments. Escapism should be used wisely. You know, you don't want to put your whole like thought process and just like be glued to the TV all the time. But 
when it's there and it's time for a little bit time for you to wind down and get away from the mm-hmm. craziness of real life there's nothing wrong with that so yeah it's almost like a drug though when you think about it it is. It definitely is. Like yeah. I will leave the movies and then go home and watch a movie. Right. <laughs> and what? Yeah, that's true. Any final thoughts? No, Shana. All right, y'all. This has been a great episode. Please like and share. Subscribe. Subscribe. Get feedback. 